I got into mushroom foraging the way many, many people and many of your listeners might relate to, which is through generational sharing of the oral tradition of mushroom hunting. And a lot of your listeners may have had this experience in Minnesota or in the Midwest of walking with a grandparent or a parent to look for, especially this time of year, morels. And then I taught it to my own kids and have been doing mushroom education with children all across the country for about 20 years now and finally wrote a short children's book about it. And that book, my daughter Ivy and I uh, reviewed it the other night at bedtime. She's six and <laughs> she loves mushrooms. We take her out to family uh, plots of woods. She really has a joy for finding new non-edibles, uh, just that we happen to find along the trail. But also chasing morels in the spring is also a family tradition, especially in my wife's family. So we're looking forward to going out uh, in the coming weeks and doing just that. She really responded well to the structure of the book and the, the following of the, the seasons and uh, the example of just a few readily identifiable edible mushrooms and then the the idea of adding that recipe to the mix was was a really nice structure Thank how you. did you come up with that concept yeah well travis i'm excited to hear that ivy is a fellow forager at such a young age that just makes my heart sing mm -hmm. you've had the same experience that i had that it is a wonderful activity to do as a family and that kids really light up when they're out looking for mushrooms in a, a treasure hunt almost, right? It's like Easter or finding seashells at the ocean. There's a real aha moment when you have that recognition of something that you're searching for, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's also all the surprises of the non-edible mushrooms and the colorful mushrooms and the slimy ones and the bugs. And there's wonderful things to be found in the woods regardless of whether you like to eat mushrooms or not. But I put the recipes in the book because if you do like to eat wild mushrooms, the four mushrooms that I have in the book, chanterelles, black trumpet mushrooms, lobsters, and of course the morel, are so far superior to the white button caps that you get at the store that a little bit of heat, a little bit of salt, a little bit of fat in the form of butter or olive oil will bring out the special flavor of each of those mushrooms, which are not like the other mushroom. They're quite distinct. It's like, you know, the difference between a pork chop and a lamb chop and a steak. They're, mm. they're all meat, but they all taste different, right? So I'm just thrilled that Ivy is already a forager, and perhaps now maybe she will try her hand at some of the easier recipes that I have in my book, including something as simple as a black trumpet chip in which you simply put them in a baking pan and put them in a hot oven, a little olive oil, a little sea salt, and they crisp up and they're, you know, you better get them quick because they're going to go fast. Right. <laughs> Melanie Kahn is speaking with us. She's a mushroom expert and she'll be coming to town talking about those topics and uh, also showing off her new children's book, Mason Goes Mushrooming. Those four varieties of mushroom that you uh, profile in the book, are those also available in the Midwest? I know that you're based in the New Hampshire area. Yes. I mean, many mushrooms are specific to their areas, but a mushroom like a chanterelle or lobster mushrooms or morels, they, they grow pretty much all across the country. 
They grow at different times of year mm -hmm. in different places, and they all need one very important ingredient, which is rain. Mushrooms really like moisture, and they fruit when there is a good amount of rain over a summer. If it's a very dry, hot season, you're less likely to have success foraging. We're hitting a good season around here for the, the first mm -hmm. mushroom that you profile in the book. The morel is kind of a prized catch uh, around these parts. What are some hints on successful morel foraging? Well, in Mason Goes Mushrooming, he looks for the apple blossoms to begin to fruit, little pink blossoms that come out on the apple trees. This signifies that the soil is warm enough for the morels to start to pop their heads out. They are the first mushroom that comes up in the springtime and they have a very short season. They only come up for a couple weeks before the soil gets too warm for their liking. And so you can look for the apple blossoms to know that it's time to go morel hunting. And there's an expression in mycology, find the tree, find the mushroom, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to go driving around looking for big, huge types of trees than it is to go scouring the, you know, under the leaves and leaf litter and grass in order to find these tiny little mushrooms, right? So the kind of trees that you want to look for for morels are especially a dead and dying elm tree, of which there are many in the Midwest mm -hmm. because of Dutch elm disease. And those trees come up along the sides of the pastures and the highways and the creeks and the river bottoms. And underneath them, you can sometimes find hundreds of morels in the first year that those trees start to die because the morels have a symbiotic relationship with those trees. It's a host to them. And when they sense that that tree is no longer going to exist, they fruit like crazy in order to essentially reproduce. Same thing with apple trees. They really love old apple orchards. And they also really love, in your parts of the woods, um, poplars and cottonwoods and ash trees. So find the tree, find the mushroom is a great way to, for a beginner forager to think about how to approach mushroom hunting. That approach might be a little daunting for some who are squeamish about the possibility of coming across a mushroom that uh, is not so healthy to eat. Right. What are some approaches for, for a first-time, non-generational mushroom hunter to break into it? I always like to be very clear that I'm not advocating that people go out into the wilds and begin to pick mushrooms that they don't know what they are. Quite the opposite. I am advocating for mushroom education. Minnesota has a fantastic mushroom club, the Minnesota Mycological Club. And they're actually hosting one of the events that I'm doing next weekend, as well as the Minnesota Rovers Walking Group. They're hosting an event. They're all out there trying to encourage the pursuit of outdoor education and things like foraging with groups of people, especially with families and kids that want to get out there. They're very inexpensive. They're very accessible. And there's a lot of people like me who just want to share their love of the outdoors and their love of foraging. And so these groups and these places um, really make it quite easy to find fellow mycologists who will take you out in the woods. And that is by far the best way to learn. Melanie Kahn is the author, along with illustrator Ellen Korbanski, of Mason Goes Mushrooming, the new book now aimed at grade school age kids, but enjoyable for adults as well. I can testify directly to that. You've got uh, events coming up in the area in Northfield on Thursday, the Kenwood Community Center Friday, Moon Palace Books 
on Saturday, public events. And we've got links for those uh, up on our website and the email newsletter received by many of our listeners. Melanie, I want to thank you for your time and hope you have a, a great time visiting with uh, mycologists here in the Twin Cities area. Thanks, Travis.